Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show presents... Don't cut this, Dom. Don't cut this, Dom. The weekend recap. <laughs> We're talking UFC Vegas 62, along with a list of fight announcements and headlines, including John Jones for maybe the 27th time hmm. is in discussions with the UFC to headline one of their cards, and Colby Covington posing in a photo with Kanye West and Candace Owens. What is going on there? All of this and more, and it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us, episode 241. We're back in the saddle once again to give you guys the recap for UFC Vegas 62. And we got a ton to go over here. Lots of fight announcements, a few headlines. Everything in between. I just want to see how my buddy Dominic is doing, though. Uh, I, I apologize on behalf of our show for not giving you guys some content uh, in the preview portion of last week because my business trip to Kearney, Nebraska, unfortunately left me pretty limited on the kind of time I had to even do anything. So we had kind of planned to do a Twitter space and then... I was working way too many hours and had too many um, plans with corporate heads after work and all this stuff that I had to do. So they just couldn't really find the time. But I know it's been a little bit of a lull. You know, we had a couple weeks really close together with no UFC event. Mm. And then you got this kind of week where, you know, I, I was on this trip to Nebraska, but Everything should be locking in as we head towards UFC 280 oh and then the rest of the year. So, Dominic, how are you feeling knowing that the greener pastures are ahead? Yeah, it really feels good to be back in. That was the longest <laughs> like we've ever went without being in a studio together in two years. So it feels good to be back and see your beautiful face, to talk about the sport we love most. And, man, you're right. From here on out through the rest of the year, it's like nonstop, and there are some big – Big cards coming up, people, and it starts this weekend with UFC 280. We may even, well, no may, we are even going to get to be together, Noah, to witness that card, and it's going to be a special weekend. So I'm excited. I'm pumped. The content train is going to continue churning now. We're going to get the momentum back going. But first we have to recap, Noah. And also, are you doing well? I mean, you're back from the trip. I know it was a lot of work, like you said, mm -hmm. but are you just happy? to be back home in the great state of Indiana. I am. I'm so, you know, the state of Nebraska, if any of our listeners are from Nebraska, <laughs> I mean this with no disrespect, but fuck your state. <laughs> now, I'm sure there's great things there. I didn't see them. Right. As far as I'm concerned, I can only assume that Kearney, Nebraska is that single plant that I walked around in. For five days. Yeah. And cornfields. And corn. Lots it's of cones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying fuck that state as someone who's lived in Ohio for like 23 years. So, and now I've lived in Indiana, which is, I mean, that's more, that's at best a lateral move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That is not an upgrade. So, yeah. 
If I'm saying that, you guys need to look yourselves in the mirror and realize you suck. <laughs> you suck. And but it's okay. You're losers, but it's fine. Like not everybody can be winners. Right. We gotta have ditch diggers too, you know. Right. Of course. Anyways. But uh no, I'm really glad to be back here with you, Dominic. I've missed you. I mean we've we've spent the last couple of years talking nearly every day mm-hmm. and this this grind of a week I was just on, it felt like I was just like kind of I was almost removed from my reality. I know, it was like a disconnect. Yeah, like I you know, my sister's birthday was uh Friday and like I barely remembered to text her happy birthday <laughs> just because it was like you just feel like you're in a different world almost when your life you just have to pick up your life and go to yeah some other part of the country. That's the furthest west I've ever been, by the way. Is that kind of crazy? I I mean, and if it's going to be anywhere, why not Nebraska, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like legit, like I I think the furthest west I had been before that was like, and I I'm not great with like I'm thinking of it by looking at a map, but I guess maps aren't actually accurate to like yeah um, things like that. But Chicago might be the furthest west I've been. Well, so you went before. significantly further than that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like I had never seen like west, yeah. Yeah, just so it was interesting, but flying, you know, what a what a hoo ha that was. And, uh, <laughs> I'd say, yeah, but I'm glad to be back here, Dom. Let's just keep it at that. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hope I never have to leave again. Anyway, you know what? You know who I missed the most while who I was is in that? Nebraska. Who is that? Points Bet Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. Tell them why. Because they're the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show. And they have an exclusive offer. That's right. It's still exclusive. It's still for you. You listening, watching right now. You can make good on this offer. Two ways. If you sign up with PointsBet Sportsbook right now. Yes. Right now. There's a link in the description of today's episode. If you go to that link, you sign up on your initial deposit Points, but it's going to match 100% up to $2,000. It's free money in your pocket to use for your betting purposes. Please bet responsibly, by the way. Huh? Also, you can use this offer by just uh, signing up by downloading the Points Bet Sportsbook app. But make sure you use code MMA Joes at sign up. Oh, did I not say that loud enough? Okay. MMA Joes. Yeah, nice and clear. Yeah, so MMA Joe's at sign up, put in your deposit, boom, matches it, you got it. All right, so did I cover all the bases there, Dom? All bases covered. Let's get into the main event of UFC Vegas 62, women's flyweights. This was a brand new main event. Neither of these ladies had been in a main event spot before. Mm. The lights were shining brightest. Alexa Grasso comes out on top with the unanimous decision victory over Viviani Arayujo. I think I would this this fight was fine. Like I think it was a perfectly fine main event. Not boring. Nothing yeah. great. Yeah. But if anything, it would it slightly exceeded my expectations in a way. Like I was not very invested in this fight going in. Um this was not originally supposed to be a main event. Didn't feel like a main event worthy fight, but I think these two performed admirably considering the circumstances. And 
Alexa Grasso, once again, that's four in a row for her. She gets a big win. And I put the headline as in the mix because Dom, and I, I put this in the tweet after the fight, I feel like this win has sort of firmly put her in the mix since we really don't know what direction the title shot's going to go. Are yeah. they going to run it back? Are they going to has is uh, Valentina going to go fight Amanda? Like what's going to happen? We don't really know. But I think you have to have Alexa Grasso's in the name of people in the hunt in the mix contenders right now. What do you think? Yeah, you have to, man. I mean, she's on a four-fight win streak and it's all been at flyweight. She started <clears throat> as a strawweight, made the move up and has looked drastically better ever since. And honestly, fight by fight has made improvements. It's very clear as she enters her prime at only 29 years old. And the fight just went how you would expect from like her side of things. She's just a very technical, precise, and patient boxer. And it showed through and through. She had very solid takedown defense. I think defended six out of eight. For Viviani, thought she would try to grapple a little more over the course of five rounds. Uh, but she was not afraid to just stand and trade. She had success. She was definitely like more powerful. But the one shot she would land would be followed by two, three, four from Alexa that were just peppering her just a tad bit more. And it came down to the output, really, because there wasn't that much damage from either girl in this fight. Um, so it was pretty solid. It was a good performance for Alexa to get a win in her first main event. And again, man, 4-0 at this weight class, I think, says a lot. She was number five. I don't know if she's going to necessarily move up or down. I mean, I'm looking. She's got Andrade, Murphy, Santos, and Chukagian in front of her. And, of course, the champion, Valentina. No, the more that I'm thinking about it now when you're talking about the title contention and whatnot, is it almost odd we haven't heard anything? I mean, when did Valentina and Taylor fight? In June? So we're four months removed from that, heading into five months in November, and there's not been really a peep <clears throat> of anything. And maybe it does come down to Amanda if Valentina wants to go up and fight her. But you feel like we should hear something by now. I really do wonder what's going to happen in this weight class. It doesn't surprise me too much. I think there's just a lot of stalling right now. Amanda made it clear after her win over Juliana Pena in July. She was pretty much done for the year, I think it was what she said. She wanted to take some time. Um, Valentine, and maybe some of this is like, maybe there's just a lack of interest in really what Valentina does next. I mean, it was the closest she came to losing her title to Tyler Santos. Let's face it, like, is people are people love Valentina, don't get me wrong, but there, there doesn't seem to be this like clamoring for her and Taylor to run it back or for her to take on Chukagian again or take on mm -hmm. whoever because she's really beat everybody, yeah. <clears throat> so, I think that's why we're not hearing much about the title picture because there's a lack of interest in any of these contenders to take her on like i think nobody really believes any of these ladies at the top stand much of a chance and that's going to kind of transition into what i want to talk about because really the fight was what it was like there's really not a whole lot to kind of into you sort of nailed all the points that i could even think of and i don't want to like copy and reiterate you know what you just said so i think we can talk a little bit about what this means afterwards i just said alexi grasso in the mix now but realistically you know what kind of chances does she have of i'm not even going to talk about winning the title shot because i think everybody will just say oh if valentina's there like there's no chance mm -hmm. but what are her chances of getting to a title fight like what is her path right now dom is she one win away does she have to win a couple wins does it depend how she looks 
I mean, there is probably Alexa is she does have the kind of and background of a fighter that the UFC might try to push. You know, she's she's yeah. got that Mexican-born heritage. Uh, she is like a, I guess, what, what would you call it? like a uh, typically like pretty girl. So like that's easier to push and whatnot. Uh, she's a pretty exciting fighter. Like she's got good boxing. She was pretty aggressive early in this fight. She's got some good submissions. Like what what is the path for her to even get to a title fight? I would say one more win. I would say either against probably someone like Lauren Murphy or maybe Tyler Santos if she doesn't get a rematch. And I'm forgetting, <clears throat> and now I'm remembering, of course, that there is a big fight happening at UFC 280. Caitlin Jukagan, number one, number, um, what is she, number seven? Yeah, number seven, Manon Fior. And if Manon wins that fight, I think she might pass over everybody and get a title fight, being that she's from Paris. She would be, you know, um, that karate background, the striking background. Her and Valentina is an intriguing fight. So I think, really, if she wins, she's in the driver's seat to get the next title fight because it doesn't seem like the rematch between Taylor and Valentina will happen next, which would leave Alexa still there at number five, probably to fight number three or number two, which is Murphy and Santos. And then should Alexa win, I think that does put her in line. She'd be 5-0 and in the weight class, multiple ranked wins in the top five, top ten. I'd say that's the, probably the route for Alexa. And let's also make sure to include that Andrade is not really in this division anymore. Like she's yeah. still ranked, but she yeah. went back down to straw weight. So right. really Grasso is almost like number four. I'm still yeah. going to say, I think she's probably going to end up having to win like twice to get mm. to even get there. Now what helps her, she's a fresh face that, yes. that helps yes. like she's fresh, but I the way things are kind of looking right now, I don't know when the next time this belt is going to be defended. Yeah. Um I think there's a good chance Valentina's next fight will be against Amanda Nunes at 135 pounds. If that's the case, do you do an interim title fight between Tyler Santos and Manon Fior or Caitlin Chukagian or Alexa Grasso? Maybe. But are you are people really gonna be clamoring for that fight? Are people really gonna be dying to buy that fight? Like I just don't know how you really sell that. So I think mm-hmm. what'll end up happening is Valentina's likely gonna be fighting Amanda Nunes at some point next year. And it may not even be right away. It may be March or April. And then you're talking about not having the women's flyweight title be defended again until about a year from the last time it was yeah. June or July or Something which sucks, but in the meantime, that means a lot of these top of the heap they're gonna have to fight to keep their spot, and I don't hate that only because I don't think anybody's really made a push yet to say I'm the clear front runner. Mm-hmm. Taylor Santos kind of she was so close that I, I wouldn't mind if they ran it back, but at the same time, she did lose, so mm-hmm. she sort of has to go back to the drawing board, not you know. She, Sometimes champions that have multiple title defenses don't get immediate rematches. Why should she, right? She didn't right. hold the title. She was the challenger. So I think you're going to see a lot of these top of the heap kind of mix it up. I don't know. And I and I, and I I understand that we really are high on Manon Fior. But I haven't, like, based on her last fight, because she fought in Columbus when we were there. Yeah, yeah. That was her last fight, I believe. Yep, Jennifer Maya. She didn't exactly 
Yeah, she didn't exactly blow the doors down against Jennifer Maya. I mean, she got the win. Jennifer Maya, tough gal. But she didn't look levels above Jennifer Maya. Mm-hmm. So if she wins a equally, like, equally, I guess, competitive fight with Caitlin Chukagian, I don't know if the U.S. really going to be all that interested in putting Fior in that gun. I know we're high on Fior, but I'm not necessarily seeing the love elsewhere. Like, I feel like she's yeah. one of those those gals that we know has a lot of potential, but we're not necessarily seeing the buy-in from the company. So I don't know if I really believe that with the win over Chukagian, she's like a clear front runner because I think UFC is looking at Amanda, Valentina, and the rest of these women's flyweights are just going to have to mix up their spot for the next year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, and we know that there's a lot of young uh, women coming in the back half of the division too. So, that, I mean, really by the time the belt does get defended next, this whole entire top 15, top 10 could look drastically different than what it does now depending on how you know active all these women stay and how the matchups play out. So it's an exciting time for the division, but also point. a disappointing time. It's a good point, though, because I think even if that sounds pretty shitty that like the title for this weight class may not get defended for another year or a little less than a year, I think what you'll see is there will be a lot happening in the division outside of the title picture. There's going to be a lot of those young bucks on their way up looking to knock off some of the veterans at the top or just Mm -hmm. looking to make their way up. And I do think you're right. It's going to be an an exciting division, even though it will be sort of – it's going to almost have its legs cut out from underneath a title being inserted into the mix. So it'll be a little bit of give and take. But – I do think it'll be exciting nonetheless. I agree. So we will move on to some headlines. We'll come back to UFC Vegas 62 in a little bit. Dominic, John Jones (laughs) making the headlines again. And this time it's because the UFC are reportedly interested in having John Jones main event, the UFC 282 card in December. Yep. Um, as far as who that matchup might be, apparently they really wanted to do him versus Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight title. Uh, it doesn't look like that'll happen due to Ngannou's injury and also his contract status. So then you got John Jones versus Stipe as kind of the next fight that they want to do. Um, apparently John Jones is like all in on this one. That's all I've really heard about it. We've heard this same song and dance a few times since we've done this podcast with John Jones. It seems like there's always this mutual interest to be on this card. And then out of nowhere, it's just not happening. Yeah. But the question is, Dom, is this finally the time that we get John Jones in the octagon? We've heard the same song and dance over and over, but is December going to be the time we get him back? I hope so. I mean... No, give me an answer. Yes or no? Yes or no? The funniest thing. No, no. But the funniest thing (laughs) about it is that when our buddy sent the tweet, he said, how many times has this been tweeted this year? And I'm like, this is the funniest thing I've seen all day because I feel like we've seen this thing tweeted, talked about for all of 2022, and not a damn thing has gotten closer to making me believe it's going to happen. So I'm going to say no until I'm proven otherwise, which is unfortunate. 
because I want to see John Jones back in the octagon. No, we've we've been doing this show since August of 2020. <laughs> John Jones's last fight was February of 2020. We ain't seen him since, and it's just it's so upsetting because i want to see his greatness back in the cage at heavyweight how's he gonna fare with these guys whether it be francis or stipe but no i'm gonna say no until the wheels fall off noah what do you think are we really about the flip rolls here like am i gonna be the optimist for once (laughs) i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say yes (laughs) now the only thing that makes me pause about it is because, okay, it looks like the Agani fight is a long shot. But then I'm not hearing a ton of interest from one Stipe Miocic for the even take this fight. I mean, he's just out there vibing, man. My man is probably closing down the pool for the summer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my man's grilling a little bit here and there when the, when the weather permits. You know, he's. He's a full-time firefighter. Like I'm not getting the 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 sense that he's like all that invested in doing this. Right, right. But that does open up an interesting fight. Um, oh, dare I say the fight that some people have said is the fight to make puts a real gun in that main event spot opposite John Jones. Oh no! Now you're sending something down in my pants. <clears throat> And I, I think, Dominic, I know that you have been kind of riding that bull for a while. You've been like, you've been on that surreal, you've been riding surreal gone. To put it frank, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you have really been like saying like, this is the fight to make a heavyweight. Yeah. While everybody's talking about, it's that, that classic meme of the dude with the hand over his girlfriend. He's looking behind at the prettier <laughs> girl. Yeah. That's. That's you, hand over Stipe, but you're looking back at Surreal God like, well, yes. I don't know. <laughs> yes. um, so I think, Dominic, the, as the days get closer, I think there is a really good chance that that's the fight that ends up getting made. If you made me guess right now, odds, I would say there is a greater chance that Surreal God is in that main event spot opposite John Jones than Stipe or Francis Ngannou. I think he's the front runner to get that spot right now. I do like I do like that sense of the word, and maybe now why I might not agree that it happens December tenth, but I think just in general, gone is the higher percentage to fight John over the other two guys. Stipe is essentially retired without saying that he's retired. It feels mm-hmm. that way. Francis is injured, and they don't really know the timeline. It should be relatively soon, like first quarter of twenty twenty three. But he still has the contract shit going on, so like nothing feels for sure with him. Even though I think he really does want to fight and fight John Jones. But then there's Surreal Gone, who just will fight anyone. It seems that way anyways. And this would be the biggest fight of his career. It puts him in a very big spot for legacy, too. So I think that as an opponent, I would agree with that statement. It's just like, we're now under two months away from that card date. Mm. I'm just, each passing day, even though I don't have hopes, because I literally answered (laughs) no to your question, it just continues to dwindle down even lower than no. So it's upsetting because I want it to happen. I just don't know, man. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Let's get on to the next one. Aspen Ladd, Dominic's favorite women's fighter of all time, has (laughs) decided to make her next move. She was cut from the UFC. I think we uh, we might have acknowledged that on the show. I don't know. It's been... 
it's been all feels like it's been like two months ago since that yeah, happened yeah but um sure next move has been made she has signed with the pfl and yeah. we said that we thought either that or bellator would be next for her she goes with the pfl i'm curious dom what you think of this move we've been seeing the pfl really swooping in and taking a lot of these ufc veterans she started with shane burgos then tiago santos and then marlon Marais. Now here with uh, Aspen Ladd, maybe trying to rebuild her career. It looks like she'll be competing at the new women's uh, featherweight division that they're implementing. But this move comes off to me like we need somebody. We need some to fight Kayla Harrison. So we're signing Ladd. You t- you seem to really disagree with that when our buddy kind of thought the same thing in the group chat. And I'm curious why that is. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like Kayla's made it pretty clear that she doesn't. While she will do a one off at one forty five, like we've seen her do with um, Invicta. Was it Invicta that day? I think it was Invicta. Yeah, it was I don't Invicta. remember. Um, but uh, she's made it clear that she will not do a full season of one forty five. She can't fight there three or four times in a year. So I just don't know what a one off does for her against Aspen Lad when you. Because if I'm Bell or. Well, Bellator would be involved, but if I'm the PFL, I'd much rather have a one-off with Chris Cyborg and Kayla Harrison compared to Kayla versus Aspen Ladd. Aspen Ladd, it seems that I don't want to use this word too strongly, but she's kind of like going to be the face of this new 145-pound division for the PFL for 2023. It does start uh, November 25th because she's going to be fighting Julia Budd on that card, so that's going to give people a good taste of what's to come. Uh, I think it's interesting. It makes sense for Julia Budd, too, because she's going back to the weight class she probably should be, which is 145 because she experimented there with 155 in the PFL. So there's your two ladies so far. Who else are you going to kind of build around? Who else are you going to bring in for this division? But, yeah, I just I, I don't see the need to do Aspen Ladd versus Kayla Harrison, but I'm not necessarily, like, opposed to it. I just think if we're talking, like, a big fight for Kayla, it's got to be Cyborg instead of well, Aspen Ladd. So well, why not both? I, well, again, I just unless Cyborg's fighting at one fifty-five, that I don't think both happen in one year. I don't think Kayla's fighting multiple times at one forty-five. She's made it pretty clear she can't do that with her body multiple times in a year. So if she Cyborg has? comes over, yes, she's made it clear in interviews. That I she, mean, she made it clear that she wouldn't do a full season, but. Uh, twice a year i mean that's, that's i mean that's months. half of four so i don't know i don't see her fighting multiple times at 145 so if cyborg comes over and does 155 and then she does aspen lad at 45 then maybe but if they're both happening at 45 i'd be really shocked yeah i didn't i didn't i never thought her and chris cyborg was going to be a 145 pound fight i figured that'd mm. be 155 pounds cyborg struggles to get the 145 i mean then that would be a massive year for kayla potentially yeah, that's what I think is. I mean, I think to me, if Aspen Ladd beats Julia Budd, that's the fight you're getting fight to make. first. The next pay per view or whatever that they do, the start 2023, it'll be Aspen Ladd versus Kayla Harrison. If Julia Budd wins that fight, I think that's probably what they do instead. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I, I don't see the issue with signing Aspen Ladd for the PFL. It's clear she's no. a talented fighter. But she just can't make 135 pounds. 
Uh, you have a 145-pound division you're trying to bring in. Um, I think it's a little strong to say she would be the face. I don't see her being the face of really anything right now. But yeah. she is a more she is a more recognizable name than your average fighter you'll have in this division. So I guess in a way you're kind of on the right track with saying she's. I just think I don't think anybody's really going to be coming into that division because of Aspen Lad. No, but I do think that she's probably the most she'll probably be the most recognizable face so i guess in a way you're kind of that's they're like building it around her essentially like ooh, i don't know she, i don't know if i agree with that i mean all. she she is the first woman that they're bringing in so now it's like okay who else can we bring in like i'm not when i, I say she's the face i'm not saying she's like a star for pfl all of a sudden but she is like she's going to be your woman for 145 pounds basically I mean, it kind of comes off like it comes off a little bit like you're I, saying she's going to be a star for that's them. the only way to like say it other than all oh, they just I think they just signed her to be another person in the mix. Like, I don't think she's like a, I don't think she's special. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even know if she would win their season at 145. Right. But she is the woman at the forefront of the division. You have to build you have to bring people in behind her. It's not like they had other people there. They they said they're building this division the day they signed Aspen Ladd. That's what I'm saying. She's not a superstar, people. It's clear. She's not a Kayla Harrison. Noah's smiling at me. <laughs> wow, I, did, I didn't realize you were uh, going to defend Aspen Ladd so hard. There. I'm not defending it. I'm just, that's, that's, there's no other way to say it. Unless no, we just I say just... Aspen Ladd signed with the PFL. I mean, that is what I put. I mean, that's kind of word for word what yeah. I put on here. But that is actually hey, look, what he put on the script. Look, I get it. I, you know, PFL probably going to break a million pay per view buys with Aspen Lad main eventing against Julia Bud. I mean, we'll, right. We'll keep you guys updated on that one. Uh, if Dominic's right, then we can all apologize to him. But if not, then we can laugh. Of course, they fill that spot November twenty fifth with that <laughs> fight instead of uh, Eddie Alvarez and uh, fuck. Who'd we say we wanted him to fight? I forget. I don't but know we if we said we said Eddie to come back, but you know yeah. what's weird about that, Dom, is like when Eddie. I think he did an interview with Ariel, like right after, and he didn't even mention the PFL. He mentioned the UFC and Bellator, but he didn't even mention PFL. So I don't know why. Like to me, like I thought that seemed like too good to be true. Like not too good yeah. to be true. I thought that seemed like a great idea, which you had brought up for that to happen. Yeah, and then it just. I don't know. Like, he didn't even acknowledge him, really. It was he just like, kinda shoots like, oh. me down without intentionally shooting it's like, me down. like, dude, really? Like, you could... I mean, that, that feels... that To me, that feels like where everybody's going right now, you know? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, the last one here, and uh, Dominic insisted that this one be on the show, so I figured I'd put it <laughs> right, on here. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I believe the background for this, and I, Dominic, if you don't mind, if you want to put up the picture here, so they got to have some context for what we're talking about. Okay. But um, basically, I guess Candace Owens, uh, renowned conservative voice, I guess is how I'll describe her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was premiering a documentary. Um, it was like a bit of a red carpet kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And there's a photo that went around of her, uh, Kanye West, Ray J, yeah, and Colby Covington. 
Just <laughs> chilling on the red carpet. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I guess they all relate, right, from their political point of views, I suppose. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Colby is a big advocate of uh, Candace Owens because he's just a very conservative guy. So I guess they're for support. I don't. I didn't really even know the backstory until Noah said that. Uh, but it was it was a weird week for uh, MMA pictures because that one came out and Leon with Andrew Tate. I don't know much about that guy either, but I just know a lot of people <laughs> Wait, talk about him. I didn't see that. Yeah, they like came out like within a day of each other. So it was like this week in MMA photos, and it was those two. Um, but yeah, I don't have much to highlight on either one. It was just funny that both came out literally like the same week within a day. And wasn't this like, wasn't last Friday, not this past one, the one before when Tucker Carlson did the fuck it Friday? <laughs> yeah, with uh, Dana White. Yeah. So they, you know, for a company that we've always given all this praise for being like non-political, boy, did they really seem to take a step in another direction the last week or so. Yeah. Um, for the photo... I, I, I'm putting money that Colby Covington is the next boyfriend of Kim Kardashian, and here's why. Oh, wow, this took a turn. <laughs> wow. Because you had Ray J in that photo who hit an it OG. first. An OG, yep. yeah. We've all seen the tape. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then you got Kanye, who started the family with her, Yeah, has multiple kids with her. Mm-hmm. All that leaves is Colby. So you think Kanye was like passing the torch? I think there was a little bit of a passing the torch. I think Ray J was there. He he dapped up Kanye like you got this, bro. And yeah. Then Kanye dapped up Colby like you got this, bro. Sign of the sign of approval. Imagine if this comes to fruition. What a clip this could turn into one day. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm just Make saying, it. if there's a sports book. Let's take an odds on who Kim Kardashian's next boyfriend's going to be. Move over, Pete Davidson. Colby <laughs> Noah's betting the Chaos house. Chaos is yeah. coming into town now. Um, wow. Anyways, that's it for headlines. Let's get into some fight announcements. That was all over the place. Woo. So I'm going to go down the list here, Dom, and then we'll just get your thoughts as a whole from all the fight announcements that have kind of come out over the past. I guess it's a week. It kind of It's like a two. I don't know. It's week been a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. Frankie Edgar, retirement fight versus Chris Gutierrez at UFC 281 and MSG on November 12th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Steven Thompson, Kevin oh. Holland, main eventing UFC Orlando on on December 3rd. Yeah. Also on that card, tied to Ivasa versus Sergey yeah. Pavlovich. Then you got Yuri Prohaska versus Glover Teixeira 2. Headline, mm-hmm. Well, not headlining as of now, but... One Maybe of the headlining. premier fights of <laughs> UFC 282 on December 12th or 10th. Yeah. Also on that card, Polish power, Jan Blachowicz taking yeah. on Magomed Ankalaev. I'm hmm. sure one of those guys will be the backup fighter for that title yeah. fight as well. Yeah. And finally, Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno 4 for Oof. the men's flyweight title official for UFC 283 in Brazil on January 21st, our first pay-per-view of 2023. So those are the fight announcements that have been made. I'm just curious, uh, from a whole, from a a top down, what's kind of the one 
that you're most excited for? It doesn't have to be the biggest fight on here or whatever, but what's just the fight that you're probably the most happy, excited for being made? Yeah, that's a good one. So you said all these. I had a thumbs up for every one of them. I like all of them. Um, We kind of already talked about Davison and Moreno on the verbal sparring a little. So that's the one I'm probably most excited for. But since we talked about it, I'm going to, you know, emit Mm -hmm. that one and pick probably uh, Wonderboy and Kevin Holland, man. I think that's a really intriguing fight. I think it's awesome that they gave them a main event slot. Uh, They're traveling again, of course, with a fight night down in Orlando. That's really cool. Uh, A match I didn't really see coming. But it gets made, and you're like, all right, I'm kind of here for it. I, it's really good. Obviously, Wonder Boy's trying to still tread that water in the top ten there. Um, and Kevin, coming off of that loss to Hamza Chmaya, buddy, essentially, in, in a sense, saved a card at the same time. So respect to uh, Earn for him. I'm glad he's kind of getting rewarded for taking that step and doing it for the company. So uh, no complaints for any of these. Thompson, Holland, that's my favorite one. I mean, the rumor is he got a bag for taking that fight, too. I don't know if you saw yeah. that going around, but they were saying about $800,000 is what he got yeah. paid to take that fight. So yeah. uh, no wonder that man was talking retirement afterwards. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I'm glad that Kevin Holland's not retiring. I didn't. I don't think anybody really thought he was being that serious, but right. I think this is a great fight to come back to. Him and Steven Thompson should be striker v striker here so you don't you know i'm tired of watching wonder boy getting like smushed by Bilal muhammad and gilbert burns and mm-hmm. stuff and kevin holland getting ragdolled by hamza was kind of like oh, man like i don't want to see those guys in those kind of fights so yeah, yeah striker v striker here should be fun i want to go with jan blahovich magomed on i'm not sure if it'll be the best fight out of all these but Boy, am I just intrigued by that. Yeah. Because Jan Blahovic looked very good from what we saw against Rakic in, in his last main event spot. Uh, was that May, I think, or so? Magomed Ankalaev has been a wrecking ball for this light heavyweight division. It seems like every fight he's in, whether or not he's like... An actual wrecking his, ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whether or not he's actually laying the damage right. down. He is pretty much coasting maybe is the word at at worst and at best he is a wrecking ball i mean the guy looks like a future champion so i'm very intrigued to see how he does against jan blahovich who i think is still elite of the elite in this light heavyweight division Mm -hmm. and um obviously having that underneath pro hoska Teixeira. that's great likely the winners yeah we will fight probably towards the tail end of spring or early summer so i think it's all set up very good hopefully it all goes according to plan because in mma when has anything ever gone wrong can i ask you one random question real quick yeah yeah, well not random it's related but so we have the rematch with yuri and glover right and i'm good good on them fight of the year so far Mm -hmm. glad they're running it back what do you think though like for glover you think win or loss last fight just he said though he said he he said, I don't know what I just said there. He said so. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, that's what he said. He said after, I think, but that was, that might have been in the post interview after his loss to Prohaska that he wanted one more fight and then he mm. was going to retire. Okay. Now, I have a hard time believing the UFC would give him this title shot, this immediate rematch, if they knew that he was going to retire afterwards. But they have done it before. Remember Dan Henderson fighting Michael Bisping? Yeah, yeah. Um, They kind of knew that was probably Hendo's last fight. 
So I do wonder if, like, the plan would be if Teixeira did get the title back here that they would try to talk him or coerce him into one more. Yeah. And um, then kind of riding off into the sunset. I don't know, but I... I'm going to operate as if this is his last fight until I hear otherwise. Yeah. And speaking of last fight, Frankie Edgar taking on Gutierrez, Chris Gutierrez leg kicks. I mean, we saw what happened with Jonathan Martinez on this card, and uh, he is a uh, in the same camp as Chris Gutierrez. Gutierrez is in his corner, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, for Frankie, man, I like the fight. Like I, I think it's a good step back. But God, man, Gutierrez's leg kicks are brutal. It's no it's easy brutal. fight to go out. That's for damn no, sure. It's really not, and I and I don't necessarily want easy fights even well, yeah. for a guy. But like, man, it's just like I'm worried he's gonna get butch. Like I'm worried we're gonna see a little bit of what happened with Cub Swanson against mm. Jonathan Martinez, and you just don't yeah. want to see that for Frankie at MSG. You know, his last time out there. So we'll see, but. I think that's a great fight to add to those prelims. There, that's a, that's a that's that card is stacking up. Oh yeah, that card's insane. Let us know, guys, what your favorite fight is of those. Yeah, let's get into the rest of UFC Vegas sixty two. That co main event I just mentioned, Jonathan Martinez mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. leg kick TKO over Cub Swanson came in round two, four minutes nineteen minutes in. Um, Jonathan Martinez was essentially my lock. For this card, I know we'll get into betting in a little bit. Um, he was a pretty decent favorite, so I had to put him in a parlay. But uh, I was not loving the vibes from Cub Swanson this week. You know, I love Cub Swanson. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he is a just a treasure. Like I, I, I think he's a great fighter. Even if he never reached the heights of, you know, gold or competing mm-hmm. for gold, that dude has been in some of the best fights ever. He's always came just to wreck his opponents and you know i didn't love the vibes this week i didn't love the not speaking to the media and having like his guy talking i was not that i'm like when i say i didn't like it it's not that i was like offended by it i just didn't think it it just it it was sort of luke rockhold going on his thing before paulo costa fight like it just to me it just the vibes weren't great and yeah. then you have the fact that Cub Swanson is making a weight class debut 10 pounds lighter than where he spent his entire career at featherweight. Didn't love that either. And I thought on the scale, I thought he looked very thin. This is a guy who has definitely lost a step, and you're trying to cut 10 pounds to keep that career going. I thought the chin might go. Um, that wasn't really the case, but he did kind of – Jonathan Martinez also, by the way, in of himself, is just a very underrated fighter, very under the radar Supremely, yes. Has looked looked very good over his last three wins. And he came in there, and Cub, look, Cub tried to make it a fight, but Martinez's leg kicks just had him fucked up. And even towards the end of round one, Cub Swanson kind of got saved by Herb Dean from being stopped. That fight was really close to being stopped right there. Uh, then round two, the way the way, the way Cub like kind of rolled over and stuff. I mean, that was like a legit knockout. It felt like it was kind of crazy. But what a win for Jonathan Martinez! I mean, that's four in a row, biggest win of his career. He called Nick Cruz afterwards. What do you think of that one? 
Ooh, so that I didn't even get to hear. I just got to see the fight itself. Yeah. That's an interesting little call out. Probably I love, it. love I it. I do I do love it. I don't I respect him for doing it when Dominic's on commentary. That adds definitely some spice mm. to it. I just wonder if Dom would take it. I mean, shit, Dom fought Casey Kenny, so who am I to say he wouldn't fight Jonathan Martinez? <laughs> Which is one of the weirdest so, fight announcements ever. Yeah, so maybe that is the next fight for Martinez, but I respect it. This win's going to put him on the map. He got a big win over a seasoned veteran in Cub Swanson. He did it in decisive fashion. He looked very good throughout. Uh, his left leg is basically a baseball bat, so if you get hit by it, God speed, because he kicks you in the face, kicks you in the body, and he takes your fucking leg off as your body as well. So that brutal, highly... Highly underrated, as Noah said. Jonathan Martinez is a legitimate threat coming into this. He's approaching the top 15, but this this division's so deep, it's going to take a while to get in there. But if he fights Dominic mm-hmm. Cruz, it all of a sudden doesn't take so long to get in there. So I'd love to see that fight. If, if Dom takes that, by the way, respect to Dominic Cruz for taking that fight. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe Dom wouldn't take it, but then after the Casey Kenny stuff, exactly. like, I feel like that would be the kind of fight he would take. And I do think Martinez, he's a soft-spoken guy. He's under the radar. But I think he's earned a right to show that if he's top 15 in this loaded yes. animal class, he is. I've been so impressed with everything I've seen from Martinez on this win streak he's been on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyways, uh, also on this main card, this time the veteran gets the, the, the upper hand is Rafaela Sunsau, who I really didn't think had much left at all. Comes in here against Victor Henry, who looked great in his debut back in January. And he sweeps the cards. 30-27s across the board, Dom. Gets the unanimous decision win. I think a Sun Sal showed he might have something left in the tank here. I thought this was a great performance from a Sun Sal. Yeah, couldn't have said it any better. Came in with a new team. He was very excited for it, but he needed to win. He had lost four in a row, three via finish. He was taking a step back here, uh, but Victor Henry, he looked so good against Hayoni Barcelos in his debut that like I was like, eh, it is a step back, but it might not be too much of a step back. But uh, the the seasoned veteran, man, that's what showed here. His skill set was just a little bit better. He was a little bit ahead, and Victor Henry couldn't quite solve uh, the problems that uh, since I was thrown towards his way. So it's just good to first off not see him lose a fifth straight, especially if he were to get finished again, but to just get in there with a new team at, what, 40 years old or nearing 40 and get a win, that's awesome, man. You love to see things like that. Even though it busted a parlay, yeah. it's fine, though. I know. That was conflict because it busted one of the parlays <laughs> on the bet slip, but also yeah. I was like, I couldn't help but feel kind of good for him. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, you just see so often that kind of be made, and it's always the young guy gets the win. But here, like, yeah. he looked great. So yes. good for him. Yes. Lastly, Dude. flyweights, flyweight unders have oh, been yeah. <laughs> yeah. just hitting. That's, I mean, the clip is just getting empty at this point from the flyweight unders. Tatsuro Tyra submits CJ Vergara, minutes, 19 hey, seconds of round two. I got to give a shout out to our listener Vispian because they have been telling us for months that Tatsuro Tyra was a name to watch out for um, back when he was making his debut. Yeah. And here he is just a couple wins in 22 years old. The way that he was able to get that submission on Vergara where he had the back and then he transitioned into the arm bar. 
Mm. I mean, it was beautiful stuff. So if he can really put that striking together to make him like a very well-rounded fighter, uh, he is a problem for flyweight division. And I know we kind of throw that around a lot. And there's some other guys in this flyweight division that I really like. But I love having a guy like this that could really surge up to the top here soon. And, um, I mean, ready or not, he's going to be fighting top 15 here soon. Even at 22. Oh, yeah. Because there's not a ton of people in this weight class. Yeah. yeah. So there's, I mean, you can't just keep giving them names outside the top 15 that you're going to run out. There's only like 20 uh, or 22, 23 fighters on the roster for flyweight. Yeah, a hundred percent. Noah nailed it on the head in every aspect. When he debuted and beat Carlos Candelario, I put him immediately on my sheet for our end of the year, like newcomers. Cause I kind of just keep track of everybody and then dip, dummy it down at the end. And uh, that was through one fight because I just thought he showed how well-rounded he was. But then in this one against CJ, uh, slight adversity too, was able to escape uh, some submissions. He looked uh, better on the feet than in his first fight. It's not like it's up to par with his submissions, but it's at least competent enough to pose a threat, not get outclassed on the feet. But then when he's on the ground, what a wizard down there. And that transition, it's crazy how one transition like that shows you just how good someone can be on the ground. That one thing, you're like, holy shit. And also, at only 22, 12-0 from Japan, could maybe begin to lead that charge now for the Asian market. We've we've talked about the ups and downs for these young fighters coming in from over there and that market, that region. Tetsuo Tyra in a division that's not very deep. He can make noise, and he can make noise very quickly. That's a very good point. Let's move on to the below average bet slip, which has been on fire over the last few weeks. I mean, You're really, damn right it's, it has. Uh, it's been quite a grind over this year. Like we we've had our struggles, especially me. I've just really, I had been really struggling to put together, you know, a couple good weeks in a row. But since you know August or so, it's just not been a different story. Um, here we go, five and two on the day, two and one in parlays, three and one in singles. Um, ends up going positive two point four three units. So for the year, we're positive eight point oh four. I am officially in the green uh, personally, and Dom's already been. So um, we we are both in the green for the year. Love to see it, and. Um, Obviously, we don't want to slip up here. Like this card, I only had two plays. So, I mean, I'm, I just, this week, it was a long week in Nebraska. I got back on Friday. If I had had more time, I might have had more plays, but really, I, nothing was just sticking out to me that much. So, I kept it small, but I went 2 0. So, I feel yeah. like, I, you know, that was all that really mattered there. But, Dominic, for you, you had the bulk of the plays here. What stood out to you, positive or negative? Um, so, I mean, obviously my, my single that missed right in Todorovic, not to start round two. I mean, holy shit. It was so close and multiple times, but they did kind of fight a little bit under what I was anticipating. But then in the second round, everything I wanted to happen in the first round happened in the second round. I thought that one, I thought that one had to hurt a little bit because the way they came out in round two, just immediately swinging and banging. I was like, Wow. If only this in round one, it was all these grappling exchanges and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I felt for you there. So, so, so that one hurts. And then my other loss with the parlay down there at the bottom, I don't necessarily regret parlaying that because it, Joe Anderson was a very big favorite. So him and Victor together 
was not like very good parlay parlay odds. But part of me's like, if I'm gonna do this, why don't I also just do Anderson by finish by itself? Because that was minus one sixty five. I mean, that would have been a solid play to just make a single. And instead, I parlayed it and I paid the price because Victor Henry uh, at a minus four ten favorite, by the way, loses Tafael Sunsau. So. I mean, I don't, again, I don't regret parlaying it. I just kind of regret not playing Brito by finish by itself. But what are you going to do? We live to fight another day. I did barely break into the green because I had back-to-back losing weeks. Uh, but as a bet slip hole, four straight positive weeks. We're approaching double-digit units uh, with, you know, two and a half months to go in the year. Big things are brewing. Noah's riding hot right now. I'm going to try and take some of that momentum. Not take it. But uh, rub off some of that momentum. The so same, the same. We we're, we're not yeah. trying to be like Space Jam here. He's <laughs> right, not right, trying right. to take take, <laughs> take his not powers. trying to be the monsters. But <laughs> no, yeah, that's uh, you know, we're we're just hitting right now. So hopefully yeah. that can continue. I'm not gonna brag. I'm not gonna say anything because then uh, you know we know how this song and dance can go. Yes, but, we do. Um, with that, yeah, I thought it was a good week for us, so I've, I'm I'm happy. But let's move on to the way we end the show around here, Dom. Closing statements. Mm. Point of the show where me and Dominic talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, it's been a while. I hope you came prepared. Do you have any closing statements for this Monday edition? Okay, so this is going to be a question followed by a bit of a shout-out. Because I'm going to first ask, when's the last time anybody, any listeners, any viewers has played laser tag? Because um, I was in Columbus, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, during the other off week of MMA. I'm all kind of jacked up on when the fights were happening and when they weren't. Um, But it was before Noah left for Nebraska. That weekend is when it was. And uh, was there for uh, my girlfriend's birthday, celebrating her. Shout out to Jaden. And she had always kind of talked this big game. Like, uh, I'm really good at laser tag. I'm not good at a lot of sports and things like that, but I'm really good at laser tag. And I'm like, eh, all right. I mean, that's okay. Keep talking yourself up. We'll see. So we go to laser tag. That's one of the things she wanted to do. Nothing like celebrating your 25th with playing laser tag. Am I right? But boy, boy, oh boy. She, it was a 27 people game. She got second place and had more than double the amount of points that I scored. And uh, I'll tell you what a quick way to be humbled because uh, I I sure was. I I got my ass whooped. And so I just want to know, does anybody out there play laser tag? Does anybody play it as a hobby? Does anybody play it weekly? I mean, what do you know? I I hadn't played in multiple years, but then it, it was pretty fun. It's always been fun as a gamer, a video game guy. I always thought it was cool. So Noah, when have you played laser tag last, and what do you think about your skills? Yeah, I used to do laser tag quite a bit. Um, that is up until I had sex, and then I just didn't care about that anymore. <laughs> so, so, you know... You guys can let your minds run wild with what age that was, but yeah, um, yeah. Um, in all seriousness, I did play laser tag. I had to do. I had to go to this like fraternity conference. Um, back, I guess that would have been August of 2019. Okay, 
That was the first time I ever flown in a plane. My second time being this past week going to Nebraska. I flew from Toledo, Ohio to Charlotte, North Carolina. That was for like a weekend conference. A bunch of different chapters are there, and it's like two representatives from each chapter. So it's me and another guy in my in my chapter, and um, everybody was like, we were just kind of. They had things scheduled for us, like after the conference, to like kind of blow off some steam or whatever. And one of the days was laser tag, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. So I was in there. Yeah. I mean, there was little kids coming up to me, and I was putting their asses like <laughs> mini me. Yeah. You know. Was, yeah. I probably I I am not good at laser tag. See, here's the this is the the sad truth of the matter. Big guy, big target. So okay, fair. The laser tag, laser tag, not not really my game, but it is fun. I mean, I'm I was joking about the whole like then I had sex thing because really it is fun. Like I don't care how old you get, like I'll fucking beat some little kids' ass to get first place. <laughs> if I had been playing Jade, if I had been playing Jaden, boom, punt her ass <laughs> like up into the rafters. Yes. I'm a, I'm that I'm competitive like that. No, but I'm trying to think if there's like any other odd like sports that aren't really sports. Like mm-hmm. laser tag is like one of those. It's a physical activity. It's yeah. a game. Right. I wouldn't really call it a sport necessarily, but I guess you could make a sport out of it. You know. I'm trying yeah. to think. I wonder if there's, if there's a professional like league. I'm sure there is. You know, that, that might be something. You know, there's probably something for everything. You know, yeah. they have uh, you ever seen marbles, marble racing? There's professional marble playing? Well, I wouldn't call it professional, but there is a okay. channel. I love uh-huh. it, by the way. This guy like edits all these videos where he does marble races. So he wow. like it's almost like Olympic style, so like all these marbles are like the same color, so they're like the same team or whatever, you know. Ah, very cool. Yeah. Had many a nights where I watched that stuff while, well, not being sober. Let's put it right. that way. So, right. Uh, as far like I remember, I used to love dodgeball. You know, that was a yeah, that yeah. was a classic little gym activity. Um, mini golf. I hate Ooh. regular golf. Regular <laughs> yeah. golf can suck my dick, but mini golf very that's fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm curious, Dom. You, when's the last time you went mini golfing? Um, ooh, pro. Uh, I think I did indoor mini golf uh, last year. I think it was at a scene okay. seventy five, kind of like a Dave and Buster's. Is place. it true? I think it was a year that, ago. Is it true that I've heard that people who like pick up just actual golf? actually struggle really hard with mini golf like their their mini golf game gets worse because of it is that true for you a hundred percent yeah and i'm not good at regular golf as it is but i would say since i've played regular golf i've my skills at mini golf have diminished yes i i I got last place uh, out of four people last year when i played and that was with my Mm -hmm. grandma grandpa and little sister if that tells (laughs) you anything so some yeah. would say that you. Some would say that you were battling for bogey there. So I mean, that's uh, that's cool. But yeah, um, maybe. I'm Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below average Joes, and we will see you on the next one.